a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Be ready, Utah. Does your teenager know what to do if there is ever an emergency or a national or natural disaster? If not, Never too late to learn basic response skills. KSL is partnering on emergency preparedness with Be Ready Utah to bring you this information. Really pleased to have joining us today Jeff Johnson, a state school readiness coordinator for Be Ready Schools and a safety officer at the State Emergency Operations Center. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Hey, you're welcome. Happy Days of 100. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Keep the heat rolling on. And uh, let's talk about our teenagers today. Often when we're talking about preparedness, we're uh, talking about the adults and having the plan and all of those kinds of things that we need. What do our teenagers in particular need to know uh, when it comes to readiness for an emergency or a natural disaster? You know, I just have to say that teenagers and and youth uh, thousands of times a year in this country, jump in and save lives and make a difference and help people. Mm-hmm. You know, just last week in, in outside of Jackson, Mississippi, a young 16-year-old boy named Corian Evans saw three girls following their phone GPS drive their car right off a boat dock into a into the Pascagoula River. And he jumped in and helped get those girls out of that sinking car. And when a police officer showed up, um, the police officer started uh, assisting one of the panicking girls, and he got pushed under the water and started to drown. And this young man, Corian Evans, saved them as well. Youth do this. They have the heart. They have the will. They have the mindset. I think it's our responsibility as adults to give them some basic, like you said, basic disaster response skills. Skills They should know first aid. They should um, be able to operate an AED and do CPR. You know, They should attend a, a Stop the Bleed program from the local health departments. But more than that, they probably... And, you know, ought to have some skills from their parents, like establishing a meeting place. There was a large earthquake or another major disaster. The cell lines and the, the landlines are probably going to be down, and, and they need to know where to meet their family. They need to have an out-of-state point of contact that's in an area not affected by the disaster. And, you know, mom and dad love those kids infinitely, but they send them out the door every day with no, no disaster supplies in their, in their cars, mm-hmm. and they ought to have a basic, emergency kit in the car, food, water, flashlight, blanket, and you can find that stuff on our BeReadyUtah.gov page. 
under the disaster supply kit. Yeah, so important. And uh, I think you raised such a, a great point uh, that our young people are, they have the willpower. Now we just got to make sure they can match that with the skill power. And so let's break yes. down some of those things that you mentioned, Jeff, uh, starting with the, the CERT training, the Community Emergency Response Team training. That's a national program, but tell us more about that and, and uh, how our young people ought to be engaged in that kind of conversation. You know, Los Angeles started in 1986 and started training people. And it was, back then it was called the Neighborhood Emergency Response Team, NERT, a NERT program. FEMA took over it in 1993 and has taken it nationwide. We have 78 active CERT programs here in the state of Utah, and over the years I've trained more than 100,000 people in that. But in the late 90s, they brought on a teen CERT program. And, and it's just, it's basically the adult program, all of the same set skill sets that are um, taught to the students. Mostly this happens in high schools. But, you know, during an emergency, teens can, can organize volunteers. They can assist in evacuations. They can give assistance to survivors. They can provide damage assessment information. They can provide assistance at the shelters and, and support there. They can assist with crowd control and helping move people. And in their schools, oh, wow, they can do so much in their schools. They can participate in disaster drills and exercises. They can present fire safety education to other students. They can assist in preparedness outreach to the families that are involved with the school, provide peer mentoring, address safety issues in the school along with the administration. There's just so much they can do. We have had some really great 13 CERT programs in high schools here in the state. You know, Juan Diego and Judge Memorial had some stellar, outstanding programs where they have over 100 kids trained in each one of those schools. And, Mm. you know, the safety and the support that provides is just stunning and we can help organize that. If somebody out there has a high school or high schoolers listening and would like to get this organized in their in their high school, um, have them give us a call. Oh, that's that is wonderful, and what a great thing to do uh, as part of a school activity uh, or as part of a neighborhood activity or a church or a community group based activity. So many opportunities to do that, yeah. and and the difference that that can make is is so significant. As you said, it's only about a twenty hour. Uh, course to complete, and there's lots of things you can even do online. Oh, yeah. We can do a hybrid cert, which is they do most of the training online and then just spend uh, a day doing the the skill sets and and can really shorten that as well. Um, You're right. It is a 20-hour program, um, and, you know, schools can can, uh, have people from their local cert communities come in and, and teach those courses and and it's a simple, easy thing to do, and it, it empowers these youth. Like you said, like we said, they have the heart. We need to provide them the skills, and there's just lots and lots of ways to do that. Yeah. Is there anything else we should be doing? Any other conversations we should be having as it relates to preparedness, uh, especially with our teenagers? You talked about making sure they have the right things in their car or in their backpack going to school. Uh, what are some of those things we should have in there? What kind of conversations do we need to get to? You know, education, knowledge is power, and it's power to survive in, in a crisis. Yeah. And to empower our youth, we should be having conversations with them um, in our homes uh, as parents and making sure that they know what to do, that they know protective actions, that they know to drop uh, uh, drop cover and hold on during an earthquake. And, you know, to get low and go and get out in a fire, we, we should be empowering them with all of these protective actions, but we should also... Make sure that they're practicing it so that they have a chance to use these skills uh, in the home setting. Uh, churches are a great place to do this. Obviously, 
We've talked about doing this in school. Um, we have gone and helped with a lot of health um, classes in junior highs and high schools and and used that time in health classes to teach uh, disaster resiliency and disaster preparedness. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, We're trying to make these young people resilient so that they can survive, so they can thrive when when things turn south and uh, on that bad day when when we do have a big problem, they they have the, the knowledge, yeah, the power to, to survive it. Uh, absolutely. As we always say, opportunity favors the prepared, even if that opportunity is a disaster <laughs> or uh, something that we didn't quite expect. Yes, if you're does. prepared, uh, you you have the advantage and you can uh, not just survive yourself, but you can make a difference and, and help save other lives as well. Uh, Jeff Johnson, State School Readiness Coordinator for Be Ready Schools and a Safety Officer at the State Emergency Operations Center. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting us, Boyd. All right. Appreciate it very much. You've been listening to KSL's Emergency Preparedness Series, Be Ready Utah. If you have questions or about emergency preparedness and not sure where to start, find the answers at beready.utah.gov. Coming up, final thoughts today. We're going to bring back one of our most popular closing monologues. Find out what that is, who that is, what comes next. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.